Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Anne Baldwin. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin along with my beautiful host. We're not co-hosts, we're hosts. We're hosts. Lisa demattis Lapore. That's me. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year again. Yes. What was your favorite holiday present? My favorite holiday. Oh, my son bought me a beautiful pair of Brighton earrings. <gasps> with hearts on them oh my boy oh nico nico i love you buddy oh you raised him right i know my 17 year old going on 37 oh that's fantastic that's fantastic you know for me it was um it was all about the giving this year because i had my granddaughter and my daughter and my future son-in-law thank you it was wonderful it was just you know, nothing like having an eight-year-old in your home on Christmas morning. You know what? They're, you're right. Oh. I miss those days. Yeah. That was the best. Do the eyes of the child. Isn't it wonderful? It was fantastic. It's just magical. Yeah, magical, it was. So, magical. you know, here we are on to 2020 and more good things to come. Absolutely. That's I'm right. excited. You know, I think half the battle is the attitude. And I just got a new car because my car I got love my it. little Volkswagen buggy. I know. Got, I can't believe that. Got totaled. But it now I've got it. didn't look a, like it from the... But the frame was bent. Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, I guess. Well, and it was a 2014 Volkswagen wow. convertible. So when it costs more to fix it than it does to, yeah. you know, they just totally. I it. love your new car. Yeah, I got a, a Fiat uh, 500X, bright orange. Orange. Yes, and I just ordered because I just got my love buggy plates for the yeah. Volkswagen. So now what? So they're hanging on a wall now. But so I just reordered um, vanity plates for this one, and it was so hard to figure out. So I put EST 1960. Oh, I love it. Established 1960. That's awesome. My birthday. That was my first choice. And then um, and then I think I put Broncos for Denver Broncos for oh, my cool. second choice. So we'll see what I we'll get. We'll see what you get. Yes. That's so, awesome. So how are things at the Connection? It's a busy time of year. The holidays are tough for so many people, especially some of the mm-hmm. people that that you um, have as clients. And uh, so what's going on? Well, we um, opened a, another outpatient um, program um, on House Street. So we're excited about that. House Street in... New Haven, Haven. Mm -hmm. so that we own the building there on 48 House, so we're excited about that. So we have outpatient services there, and we're applying for some grants right now to um, for some community justice programs, so we're excited about that, and hopefully we'll be awarded and expand our services for um, reentry for um, clients in Connecticut, so that's exciting. Uh, One of our women's programs in um, Bridgeport, 
women's recovery support. The structure of it is changing, which I'm excited about, which means we're going to staff at 24 hours now so that staff will be there as opposed to a higher level um, housing program. Now we're just going to have staff there, which I think is great. So we want to be sure that clients are safe and that they're getting the treatment that they need 24, you know, that there's someone there 24 hours a day. So that's exciting. And um, we will see. We're looking to, uh, we're thinking about new business ventures for the agency, looking for some unrestricted income to bring some um, other funding in. So we're talking about new, um, new business opportunities. And so it's all great. And, you know, what's really exciting for me is to see our orientation with new staff. And we do that every couple of weeks. We have orientation so that, you know, staff have to train for about a week before they can actually start. Right. And to see all those, you know, faces and they're excited and, you know, wanting to help clients and people coming in. And you know what? The We have the most amazing staff. And that's why our programs work because they're such they're so dedicated and the staff are so diverse. Right. So we have people in recovery that work for us, which is amazing. We've got, you know, obviously staff that are trained and went to school, but we, we are, I'm seeing, um, you know, staff coming in that have life experience, right? And mm-hmm. they've been clean and sober for years mm-hmm. and really have walked the walk and talked the talk and have good program behind them. And I really think that's a great example for the staff, for the clients, right? It really is. It really is, yeah, right? You it, can understand that. Yeah, I do. And it's, it's interesting when I was back in my rehab, one of the questions I would ask all the staff is, are you in recovery? Are you in recovery? Because I didn't feel that anybody else could mm-hmm. understand understand me but also knowing that a lot of the clinical folks that is your training that is your bag you don't necessarily have to have a real life experience to know what you're doing and to be able to help people um but I thought that that was that was criteria for somebody that I would gravitate towards but no and I know we've met so many of your staff and have had so many of them here on the show and Mm -hmm. speaking of one John Lawler um, oh, John yes, is great. He, yes, John is great. And uh, he and I are chatting because he runs the Youth Homelessness he does, Program. He does. And we've been fortunate so far to have a mild winter, but this stuff's not going to last. And, know. you know, John has really got his his finger on the pulse of what's happening out there and looking for more, you know, housing for these young people because youth homelessness in Connecticut is a real problem. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. It really is. And I had the opportunity, I think it was when Fox 61 was doing a story with John to go and see some of the apartments that these young people live in. Uh, They go off to their jobs, they come back, they've got a roof over their head, they've got a couch, Mm -hmm. they've got a television set. And to hear the stories of the circumstances that lead to these kids being homeless, whether it's a dysfunctional family or no family or substance abuse, I mean, everybody's situation is different, but really this is what they need to get started. And some of these kids are having to start on their own at such a young age. It's true. And it happens. uh, It's so prevalent. Um, Even a couple of my um, Nico's friends' um, parents have kids that are like living, couch surfing, living at their house. Mm. I mean, these are people from, you know, upper middle class, right? Um, And parents have kicked them out or they've chosen to leave because the parents are using alcohol and drugs or it's complete, you know, dysfunction or they, you know, they've come out of the, you know, they're saying that they're um, gay, et cetera. um, And the parents don't want to deal with that and cast them aside. And so they're you know, it's not okay. It's a, it's just, it's scary and services are needed and we need to care about our, care about the citizens in Connecticut. And, um, I want to say that 
there's nothing more rewarding than seeing someone coming into our programs and rebuilding their life. And they can be 18 or they can be 48 or 68 or, and they are starting all over again. And I think everyone deserves a second chance and sometimes a third chance, right? Because, you know, you're dealt with cards sometimes or situations and why do we give up? We can't give up on society. We can't, we shouldn't do that. No. Right? I don't no. think we should. Well, and sometimes it just takes longer for some people to get it. Yeah. You know, I know with sobriety, um, someone said, as long as you plant the seed and it may, you know, I may have a conversation with somebody and they may not decide to get sober that day, but maybe I've planted a seed and then other things that happen will make that seed start to grow and maybe these people will get it. Um, so, you know, relapse and, 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 you know, going back out, it happens. But sometimes if you have the support and you have the systems that will help you figure things out and knowing too, being held accountable, mm-hmm. because this stuff just doesn't happen because you want it to happen. You have to be held accountable. In my situation, my daughter said to me, you will never see your granddaughter if you don't figure this stuff out. That wow. was before my granddaughter was born. So you talk about incentive to, yeah. so there have to be consequences. There has to be something to live for. And sometimes people just need to be held accountable. They do. They really, they really, really do. do. So you're doing a great job, but what is the need out there though? I mean, is there more need yes. for, oh. for, for, you know, housing is huge. Mm-hmm. A lot of homeless, a lot of homeless issues, um, safe place to live. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But also you can't, you can't just have a safe place to live for a lot of folks. You need to have the ongoing wraparound case management services and counseling and support to, um, I think it goes hand in hand. You know, we see a higher success rate for people who are able to obviously live in a safe place, right? There's, you know, I'll never forget this, Anne. Many, many years ago, uh, I remember a client said, you have no idea what it feels like to have your own key and put it in your door and open it and shut the door and feel safe. People take that for granted. Mm. So if you think about that, I never, ever forgot that. It was just so poignant. And I thought, wow, you know, people take a lot of things for granted. And um, having a safe place to live and, you know, feeling a part of a community and all of that, people want that. They, they want that. They need that. And to see so many people flourish and their children flourish is what why I love the work that we do. Right. And a lot of collaborative efforts, too, between the Connection and other agencies oh, in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, so it's not a competition. It's it really, isn't. it's let's come together and let's figure this out. Do you think you've been with the Connection now for 30 how many years? 30 years. Do you think that it's working? Do you think that services are working? Do you think that Connecticut's a better state because of I, all the service agencies out there? I do. I really do. I really, hats off to all my peers out there that are running nonprofits in Connecticut. You're all doing a great job. And, you know, we, we're probably working closer now together than we ever have. And yeah, I, I do know that. And the reason why I know that is because of, if I reflect back on the past 30 years, I, you know, we have clients that are still in contact with us. I've told you numerous clients, the, uh, clients' children I held as babies yeah. in my hand are in their late, tw- you know, throughout their 20s, 30, right? That's how long I've been there. They're, they're doing really well. We also gather data and we do research so we know. I mean, we do that because, we, you know, is, pro, is the program working? I'm not, you know, people say, oh, you can say that. No, because we, co- we collect the data. We collect the research. 
we know it's working because we're following up on clients and we're seeing where they are. And that's how we know programs work. Right. And that's where the grant comes in and they want measurements and they want to see successes. They're not just going to throw money Absolutely at it. Absolutely not. Um, and there are so many great programs. And I want to also tell people about how you can find out more about the connection and the programs that they offer. The website is a great source of information. It's so well organized because I love how you have kind of the different categories is that the word from behavioral health to community justice community justice and all the different programs so i encourage you to go to the website it's the connection inc all one word dot org the connection inc dot org and um they've also got a toll-free helpline which is wonderful if you just want to you know call somebody whatever you're feeling it's a new year you know maybe now's the time to you know, to reach out, to make a change and to mm-hmm. fix what's going on. And that number is 855-435-7955, 855-435-7955. And you've got services and locations, inpatient, outpatient. Throughout the state. Throughout the entire state of Connecticut. So logistically, that's a plus. It is. And we receive emails frequently through our, you can go on the website and there's an info um, address and write us um, an email and, you know, I get it and Beth Connor gets it and we respond immediately and we will help you. And if we don't have the services that you need, we're going to give you a referral where you can get services. So, you know, we do that and we want to do that or, you know, give us a, give us a call and we will direct you to where you need to be. And that's what my peers do. And that's what I, you know, we do that all together. We work together. You know, and it's got to take a special person to be able to do what you do with the connection, especially for your staff. I mean, I just can't imagine, like, I think sometimes like therapists, you know, they sit there and they listen to people's issues all day and help them figure it out. And, and, you know, you're dealing with people's lies and maybe dysfunction Mm -hmm. and maybe addiction. I mean, that's got to take a toll. The most important thing is staff care and providing providing the staff with training that they need making sure that they're taking their vacation time that they well deserve and that they need and also providing clinical supervision to all of our staff so that they can vent and get what they need and also knowing when you need to give staff a break and go in and deal with issues so i'll give an example several years ago we started um a trauma response team that's a group of staff that uh, deploy to to a program if there's a crisis if there was an overdose or there's something that's happening and the staff are upset about it and the clients are upset I have a group of staff that go into the program relieve the staff that's working give them what they need right talk to them maybe give them time off and we we're, we deploy there and we do at whatever we need to do to help the clients and to help our staff. And you have to be mindful of that. And I also think that, um, you know, we've got staff that have worked for, for, you know, I have staff that I hired that are still there. Um, but the staff are amazing because they're dealing with these problems day in and day out. But I also want to give a hats off to all my other departments in in the connection from, you know, finance to quality improvement to IT, MIS, development, um, communications, um, MIS, I said that, uh, HR, because it takes, it takes a village, right? And every single thing, you know, I'll give an example. 
my finance staff, for example, these folks are working really hard, right? So you think, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're paying bills, they're doing, no, no, they're not. Because what, what they're doing is when, the, you know, when we have a family that's in a crisis, right, there's domestic violence or we need to relocate a family and we have to make a phone call to cut a check because we have to move someone, they're on it. So everyone in that every department impacts the clients or impacts our staff. And so I'm so grateful for all of them because you can't, you know, yes, the staff in the field are doing a great job, but also my entire team. And it takes, it takes a village. And a lot of this, of my staff want to hear the stories. They want to know who are you helping, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I remember uh, I had a program director once come in and they gave little vignettes true stories of our clients and how every department impacted the client's life. There wasn't a dry eye in that, in, in there. And the, it, because to bring it back of like everything they do is just so amazing. I'm so blessed. You are. Right? These yeah. are great people. I'm just so, I just, it's amazing. Wow. That's, it takes that a is, village, right? Well, it does. And it takes you, you know, you're only as successful as the people around you. And I think we, you know, we see that. I know I live that here. It's it's support staff. It's people that are, you know, making sure that everybody's taken care of. And that but you, that's what you've done for us, Anne. Baldwin Media has been <laughs> such a key, a key um, collaborative partnership. You have been there for us in really difficult times just for advice and you've you know helped train our staff you've done so much for us and you're part of our team and we could not do the work without you either so I'm just so grateful that you know we connected and that we're doing the show together and you're such an inspiration to me too I mean you're in recovery and you're look at you I mean you're, you're dying <laughs> not today I'll oh, stop it it was a great it's to everybody's benefit to open up and not be so self-centered. I'll speak for myself. I tend to have this tunnel vision. And if I look around me or if I'm in a place that I might nor not normally be, maybe somebody isn't acting right, what's, you know, I think now what's going on with that person? What is what are their issues? And especially around the holiday times, it really it's a tough, seems it's tough. more prevalent. It is. But we got to be a little more tolerant and some people just need to know where to go. Exactly. Where to go, where to start. That's the biggest issue sometimes for people to find the light at the end of the tunnel. Where do I begin? Yeah, and, and I think I've shared before, you know, I have an autoimmune disease and I felt really lost about it. And, you know, the only way that, you know, it's when you're on the other side of the fence and you're trying to get help and someone who's going to guide you, you know, that first impression, that first face, that person that reaches out to you because your, your most vulnerable point is so key, right? And I'm sure our listeners can relate to that if you've had a health issue or you're dealing with, you know, an elderly parent or you're dealing with someone, you need someone who's an expert, right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to help you and guide you and lead you to where you need to go. And those people are, you know, that's what we do, right? You do that. You think mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. You help. I mean, I've called you in, in panic, panic mode and, you know, gave it to you to deal with and you kept it together for us and, you know, did your thing. And I think that's what people need to survive. Right. And with autoimmune disease, 
I have a question because my sister has one. She says a lot of the feedback that she got, especially initially, was it's in your head, it's your imagination, it's not really what you think it is. It's so mysterious and it's so, it has you question yourself almost. What I find most frustrating about having an autoimmune disorder is people say, oh, you look wonderful. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, oh there, yeah, there is, right? And I think that most people with autoimmune find that the most frustrating yep. because you may look great. It's the same thing like anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this person looks fine. You don't know what a person, you have no idea what people deal with, right? And so I find that the most frustrating. Right. That frustrates me. Mm-hmm. So I have to deal with that myself, right? But I have my own little group of angels, my own little group of women that have this autoimmune that I do and I go to a support group in New York City and we support each other and you know you hope for a cure someday there may not be but you know you have to stay positive right you have to keep sort of push it's the same thing like anyone else everyone is carrying something right it it is what it is and Mm -hmm. you just have to like get through it can get to you and you can go off the rail or you just have to stay positive and move forward and I when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune my, my son was sitting in the waiting room and my doctor gave me this like horrific, you're not going to be, you know, 10 years, you're not going to, you're going to be on a wait list for a new organ and this other, oh, it was horrible. And I knew nothing about it. And I remember walking out and my son was nine years old and I was thinking to myself, 19. So in 10 years, he'll be 19. He's 18. He's going to be 18 this year. He, and he'll be 19 and that's when I lost my father and I thought to myself, this person is not going to tell me what my fate is. Right. This person's not God, right? Mm-hmm. I am going to find the best doctor possible. I'm going to be the best case manager I can be. I'm going to research it myself and do whatever and that's exactly what I did. If I listened to her, it would have been, I thought my life was over. Unbelievable. And this is the other thing I want to share. This is, this really, Nico, my son, I love, you know how much I love my son. Yes, I do. So my son is, as you listeners know, he's going off to college. He's, you know, he'll be going off to college in the fall. And he had to write the college essay, right? It was like a mystery. He wouldn't talk about the college essay, this and that. So I said, Nico, are you going to share your college essay with me? I mean, you took a class about it, whatever. And he's like, mom, you know, I wrote it about you, right? His college essay is about my autoimmune disease, and we tried to keep it from him, right? But it was obvious, like, I was devastated. And he talked about what it was like to find out, to to realize that I had this thing and not knowing, you know, what was going to happen to me and how that changed his life and how he, I'm going to cry, how he valued life and realized that everyone is carrying a burden and how it made him look at life and people differently at such a young age and um, how he was an introvert and now he accepts people and you know wants to know who they are and you know doesn't judge people and I thought to myself, oh my, you know, when I read that, I just started to cry. Oh, of course. It was the most amazing. I, I could not believe he wrote that. And I know that really impacted his life. Um, but, uh, wow. Well, and, and 
you know, Isn't that just, that it is unbelievable. And that's where, you know, you build that strong foundation. And from unfortunate things that happen in our lives, we can see the strength in that. And kudos to you, because I know with my sister, attitude oh, is, that is, ha- is more oh, than half oh, the battle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It is. Um, and so you just got to keep fighting and you've got to create your own destiny. And whoever that doctor was that, that did that, oh, I hope I, you let her have it. Oh, I did. Oh, good. Oh, I totally because, did. Because, you know, I mean, I know they don't want to sugarcoat things. She was but so that, rude to me. Yeah. She you know. was nasty to me. And she said, well, you're not going to like what I have to tell you. And I said, okay. And she tells me, and she's like, look, just enjoy the next 10 years of life because the reality is that in 10 years you're going to be on a wait list. And I said, no, I won't accept that. She said, you're in denial. This is what she said to me. You're in denial. I said, I'm not in denial. I said, you are not going to write my path. You're not writing it. How many women do you see that have what I have? Two. I said, I don't think so. No. I refuse to accept it. And I think attitude is, is a big part of it. And I don't let it, it doesn't define me. Absolutely. And I, I refuse to let it define me and I'm not. And, um, you know, the medicine I'm taking is um, just sort of keeps it at bay and, and I'm doing really well and I feel great. And, and you look great. And I'm just doing what I have to do. Oh, I love you. That's great. Good gotta for you. got to be positive. It's you like anything. Be po- Absolutely. Attitude is half the battle. I refuse to let anything. I'm not. I won't. Nothing's getting you down. Nothing's getting me down. And don't let anything get you down. Thanks to all of you, our listeners, for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC. News Talk 1080. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.